Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So on Mother's Day, and by the way, may I say happy Mother's Day to all the moms. How about giving it up for moms this morning? My goodness. We'll say more about that and more to moms in a little bit. But on Mother's Day especially, um, I like to have somebody um, who, number one, is a mom. <laughs> that helps. All right? Because the, on Mother's Day, nobody can speak to mothers better than, than, than mothers. Nobody can speak on Mother's Day better than mothers. I'm not qualified for that position, and I will not try to be that person, okay? But today, on this Mother's Day, uh, we have Brandy Taylor. Brandy's right over here by her husband, Trent. They're awesome. Uh, They are a very beautiful family. You know, you've seen Brandy and Trent. They're on our worship team. You see Brandy all the time. She's up front singing a lot. They also serve uh, Hope Choice. Uh, They do a new parenting class for Hope Choice uh, Trent and Brandy have five beautiful, sweet, sweet children, and I love them dearly. They're precious, and uh, she's going to bring a powerful word this morning. And I always think sometimes when I introduce people, I always wonder what would be if you could have a one-word introduction of you. What would that word be? You know, I could think of a lot of things I would say for Brandy, but I have one that always comes to the top, and that's sweet. Brandy Taylor is just a sweet, sweet person. I, I think when Brandy, even on her worst day, she's still probably sweeter than I've ever thought in my life about being. All right? And I'm a pastor, and that's kind of scary. You're like, we're never going to go visit our pastor. All right? I don't want to scare you off from coming to see me, but Brandy's just sweet. She oozes sweet. If you spend any time around Brandy, you're, gonna get, you're just going to leave going, that woman is sweet. You're just sweeter when you're around her. And I know why she's sweet, because she chases the Father's heart, and he's sweet, and it's just him that comes up through her. She's just an aroma of a sweet, sweet, good, good God. And so I am thrilled to have a sweet lady named Brandy Taylor come on Mother's Day and share with us. I want you to welcome Brandy as she makes her way up. Thank you. Ah, well, thank you for having me. I said in the first service, I, I want to hear that girl talk. I don't know who he's talking about. But <laughs> oh, there are more of y'all on this one. Okay. Well, thank you. Your confidence does give me courage. Um, he figured out how to get me to say yes. You asked Trent to ask me. Yeah, I'd do anything for that guy, but especially I would do anything for Jesus, so here I am. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to those of you who have kids out of the house, who still have kids running around, moms meant to be, want to be. God bless you. You represent a piece of the heart of God 
that only you can communicate. You're very special and unique, and it's something that God has put in you to translate to your children. Well, I think it's an unspoken rule that if you speak on Mother's Day, you have to read a poem. So, my poem is from 1865 by a man named William Ross Wallace. Not the brave heart William Wallace, but the poet one. But what he has to say is just as powerful as William Wallace with his face painted on his horse and all that. Um, and I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to tell you the last line of the last stanza of that poem. I'm going to bottom line it for you. You're welcome. Um, it says, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. I had heard that before, but I didn't know where it came from until this poem crossed my lap. And I was like, oh, that's really good. But because of our supreme power and influence as parents, we inherently have a target painted on our backs. The enemy hates that we're so influential. Our kids are naturally inclined to listen to us. So fortunately, though, at TCAP, my hair is attacking me. Sorry. At TCAP, we are fortunate to sit under good teaching, and we know how to put on our armor and fight for our life. Well, I'm going to sort of piggyback on that today, and I'm going to speak about the four voices that we as mothers might listen to in our journey. But the rest of you are not off the hook. This is something that would fit anybody in their Christian walk. The first voice I'm going to speak about is the accuser, Satan. In Revelation 12:10, in the second part, it says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. I really like that part. The scripture paints a very vivid picture of what the enemy does. He goes before the Father God and reminds him of all of our sins, and he says, Don't you know how bad they are? Don't you know all the things they've done? Well, not only does Satan accuse us before God, he accuses us to each other, to our neighbor, anyone who is not ourselves. He really likes to work in marriages, accusing you to your spouse and vice versa, moms to our kids and vice versa. This is what she really meant to say. Or this is really what that dirty look was when truth is they probably had lint in their eye. He likes to play in that playground, the devil. Synonyms of accuse are charges, indict, defame, criticize, condemn. These are the colors and tones of his voice. And should you ever hear these thoughts in your mind, you know right away that's his signature and he is there. Jesus said he remembers our sins no more. Not only does the enemy accuse us, he's a liar. Jesus said of him in John 8, 44, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's been targeting us since the garden. Hath God really said making us want to doubt God's goodness and his trustworthiness. So why does he lie? He's been intimidating, or he's intimidated by us. 
We're created in the image of the Father God. He knows that we're powerful, and he wants, us to, convince, he wants to convince us that we are not powerful at all. Satan hates us because God loves us. He lies and accuses to steal, to kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. I was told Christine Kane said this, but I didn't hear it. It was just given to me this way, but it says, the enemy will shame you in the area God most wants to use you. If you're a mom, it's God's will to use you with your children to speak his father heart to your kids. And the enemy wants to convince you you can't do it, that you're not good enough or you, you aren't qualified in some way. If you're married, God wants to use you there. So the enemy will come and shame you and sabotage you if you let him. If you're supposed to preach, to teach, to sing, to lead children, he's going to convince you that nobody wants to hear what you have to say. You're too old, you're too young, you're not qualified enough, you're too qualified. Whatever it takes to keep you benched, when he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar. He lies to keep us inactive. He lies to keep us captive to fear, insecurity, unforgiveness. You're a threat that he wants to neutralize. I have a lot of personal experience with that voice. Like Pastor Jeff said, we have five kids. We had our first two very sensibly. We had our girl and two-year gap, and then we had our boy, and we're doing great. And then there was a four-and-a-half-year gap, and then it was like, buckle up, here we go. We had three babies in three-and-a-half years. It was really messy at our house for a while. It was probably really hard to watch. <laughs> it was a little crazy. And we might have had three in diapers for a minute. Our family grew from four to seven lightning fast, and people thought we, we died and fell off the face of the earth. Well, in the midst of all that growing, God asked us to do something radical. He asked us to homeschool, us. And truth be told, we were very critical of homeschooling prior to being homeschoolers. We would say things like, why would you take the light of the world out of the public school? And we, we were like, oh, those people are usually kind of strange. You know, with those people. Well, then God made us those people, right down to the big mama van and five kids and all that. And at our house, there was always somebody crying, usually me. I, I admit, I was usually the one in tears. And I was feeling very much like a failure at everything. The lies of the enemy were so loud. He would tell me things like, you can't educate your children. You were a C student in math with a tutor. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're going to ruin your kids. They're going to hate you. Or things like this, kind of switching it. He would say, you could have been an opera singer. True. But then he would say, you could have been famous by now. I'm like, eh, probably not. You could be doing something important. 
you could be important. Trying to figure out, like, does she bow to insecurity or does she bow to pride? And he, he tried it all. He tried it all. And he would say things like, you're not enough. See, you can't even do your laundry. And let me tell you, if you're basing your worth on that mountain of laundry, or if you can get through this day without crying or shouting, or this one, if the kids all behave today, then I'm, I'm doing well. If you're basing your worth on anything except Jesus, you're probably gonna feel pretty empty. I know I did. It wasn't until I got locked in a chicken coop on Mother's Day, yes, on Mother's Day, that God's voice was finally able to penetrate through the lies of the enemy. For starters, the chicken coop was the only quiet place on our whole property. Now, I have to tell you, this was pre-chickens. But the story sounds so much better if I tell you I was locked in a chicken coop. Like, imagine it being chickeny. But it, it was, I was priming, priming, getting it ready for chickens. But pretend I didn't say that. I was locked in the chicken coop on Mother's Day, and God had me exactly where he wanted me. I was all alone, in the quiet, no fingers under the door, just me and Jesus in the chicken coop. He had me exactly where he wanted me. In that chicken coop that day, I had an epiphany. I'm living the dream. This is what I wanted. I wanted the, the blue-eyed, blonde-haired babies, and I wanted, I, I, right down to the chicken coop, I was locked in. I, I was living my dream. But I said, Jesus, it's so hard, it's my dream. And I assumed that because it was my dream, it would be easy. But sometimes you gotta fight what's important to you. Fight for what's important to you. God, why are these lies so loud and easy to believe? And he told me, the enemy was trying to get me distracted. Trying to get me to compromise my ideals, even if just a little. Trying to get me to quit. Hmm. The enemy was threatened by what I was doing. Well... Now, those are fighting words. I, I became a girl on fire. I felt a passion all of a sudden for my destiny, for my motherhood, for my journey, for my family, for my kids, for my homeschool. Like, I'm homeschooling? But it became mine that day. They were my babies. The enemy will shame you, accuse you, lie to you, Make you feel unimportant, unseen, less than, or he'll make you feel too important and too restless because that creep knows if you fully embrace the dream God put in your heart, he is doomed. Be alert and a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter 5.8. Don't. Let it be you. The liar's voice is the one that screams, you can't do it. Just leave, just quit, just relax. You can't. They'd be better off without you. His voice is that one. He's a creep and he's threatened by what you are doing if he's shouting those things. So rejoice and be glad and step into the destiny that God has for you and fight for it. The devil will sabotage it if you're not paying attention. 
Mamas, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. It was no accident that you became the mother of the children that are in your home today. There's something only you can impart to them from Father God himself. He uses broken people. Praise the Lord, because we all are. The enemy knows you're raising arrows, and he hates it that your family could love God, love righteousness, hate what is evil, and cling to what is good. He's threatened by you. So what do we do with this creep on our shoulder? We quit listening. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus himself said, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. The devil knows this. Do you? Mamas, we must put on our armor. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice that each of those scriptures was active, intentional on our part. We cannot be complacent. We must put on our armor and fight. Another voice we might be inclined to listen to on our mom walk or in our Christian walk is our own voice. Sometimes we don't need demonic influence to think badly of ourselves, do we? We're our own worst critics. So usually this is how it happens. The enemy plants a lie, like I was just speaking of. Then our circumstances come and reinforce it, and it feels very real. Then we create a thought pattern based upon that lie in response. So for example, let's say I believe God has told me something to do something. I do it. I lay it all out there. I, I give it all. I try really hard, and then I fail. I bomb. And my circumstances kind of like, yeah, man, it was, it was very bad. And our, my circumstances are reinforcing that. And then someone might make a little comment, or maybe I misinterpret someone's look on their face. And I'm like, yeah. Well, an insecurity is then created. From that insecurity, a seed of fear takes root in my heart and soul. And then any future chances for me to lay it out there again and try hard, trust God, have faith, I'm going to hear, you didn't do it right the first time. It didn't work last time. You don't have enough faith. Whatever the lie. We're gonna, that's what we're going to hear. And then I have determined my identity based upon that lie. So unless we allow Jesus to come in and change that thinking, that's how we'll walk through life. Other negative thought patterns that steal from us, we, we don't feel loved. We don't feel deserving of love or we're lonely. We feel lack. We feel inadequate or like a fraud. We feel guilt or shame for our past. Or maybe we're just selfish and immature. I know I deal a lot with that. Or misplaced expectations. Watch out for the accuser there, too. When Trent and I first got married, I read the book Five Love Languages. And rather than using it as a tool, I used it as a weapon. He's not speaking my language. And it, you know, just to justify how I was feeling. But then the Holy Spirit showed me, no, 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 no. You read that kind of thing so you learn to communicate, sweetie. And we got it. We got it fixed. 
But there, there are times where we just have these high misplaced expectations upon our spouses, our parents, our families, teachers, leadership, our life groups, our church, pastor. Sometimes we complicate our lives with decisions that we made based on emotion, how we felt, and make, it makes things a little messy. Got to get out of our own head and out of our own way. And we got to quit listening to that negativity. And it's more about thinking kingdom rather than positive thinking, although they do look very much the same. But thinking like the kingdom is, very, is what we need to do to reverse this pattern. And again, these scriptures are very intentional and active on our part. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In 1 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We demolish, think sledgehammer, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive, we arrest every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, we have the mind of Christ and I have great news. Christ is not thinking bad thoughts about you. Kevin Dedman says, we know what's wrong with us. God wants to tell us what's right with us. Another set of voices we might be inclined to listen to in our mom walk or our Christian walk are the voices of others. Don't you know there are a gazillion voices out there screaming to tell us who we are, what to think, what the best way to do fill in the blank. They're, they're trying to tell us what to value, and they're trying to convince us to their ideals so they get a little bit of power. They're trying to tell you who you are, and they're trying to tell your kids who they are. Uh-uh. That's gonna come from us. That's gonna come from the home. I want to be the one that says, Father God says this is who we are in Christ, and this is who you are you're not going to know who you are off of Instagram, but you can know who you are off of Jesus. we got to have our kids' hearts to have their ears. The measuring stick of the world is harsh, demeaning, critical, very condemning. It's never pleased. That measuring stick of the world is unattainable, truly. It holds us to an impossibly high standard. And if we did give our all, it would still not be enough. The measuring sticks of the kingdom, however, are quite different. In the kingdom, there is the cross where Jesus gives me life and freedom. He laid down his life so that I could have it. And he never once asked, what are you gonna do for me? In the kingdom, there are also his rod and his staff, which he mentions in Psalm 23. Those are there to comfort me and keep me safe. We must know who we are in Christ. Otherwise, we will be steamrolled by what the world says we are. My favorite author and podcaster, Sally Clarkson, says this very often. She says, 
In the absence of biblical conviction, we will go in the way of culture. So, for example, if I don't know what the Bible says about motherhood, I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. If I don't know what the Bible says about marriage, money, parenting, modesty, morality, education, priorities, if I don't know what the Bible says and feels and thinks about these things, then I'm just going to look like culture. Culture is crazy. I don't, I don't want any part of that in my life. It's chaos. But in Christ, there is peace. Hebrews 12, 14 says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. How tragic that would be because he is so good. He's so worth knowing. In 2010, Trent and I quit Facebook. Um, it was about two or three weeks in when I finally quit thinking about my life in terms of status updates. And then I realized, oh, I have a lot more freedom. I'm lighter and I, I have a lot more time. Um, and there are other times where God's asked us to fast news or asked me to fast Pinterest or blogs or magazines because I tend to fall into the sin of comparison very easily and I become discontent and restless and ungrateful. So sometimes the father's like, time to turn it off. That insecurity's there again. I need you to look at me, look up. What do we do with that voice of the world? Again, quit listening. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? It's important we seek godly counsel, surround ourselves with the body of Christ that make us want to love our spouse more, love our kids more, love Jesus more. That's, that's part of his voice and his design. So how do we know who we are? We're not gonna listen to the accuser, ourselves, or the voices of the world. You know what I'm gonna say. We gotta listen to God, our Father. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There's a whole lot of love and relationship in that scripture. The shepherd that left the 99 for the one. God's voice is true, kind, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, in him is power. He's trustworthy and good. He's the most approachable person I've ever known. He is for you. He gives us life and life to the full. He has a hope and a future for you, for your babies. He wants better for them than you do. Huh. I love that about him. In him is fullness of joy. In him is direction and wisdom. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways submit to him and he 
will make your paths straight. If you have a toddler throwing a tantrum on the floor, he's going to give you wisdom and what to do. He did it for me. I know he can do it for you. He gives us wisdom. It's God's will for us to succeed in motherhood, in life, in marriage. He wants to pass that heart of God to our, to our children. He, he wants us to be able to live that messy life in front of them and then, oh, but we're gonna look up. I messed up, God, but you're good and living it in front of them. In that intense beginning season of homeschooling, two elementary age children with a crying infant strapped to me while my two toddlers played in the toilet and cut their hair God told me something beautiful. I was a crying heap on the floor, I'm sure. And Jesus told me the sweetest thing. He said, just because it's hard doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It's just hard. He might as well have said honey or baby, sweetie, at the end because it was so intimate and kind and sweet. He saw me. He knew I was a mess. But it was like, it's just hard. You're doing good, baby. So what does God expect of us? What do I have to do? Well, I walk in his ways. I obey his commands. I love him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. And I teach my kids to do the same. I just have to be his kid. He calls me to the highest place to give me freedom, to give me perspective, to give me the best. He knows what I can handle and he exempts me from what I can't. It's like finally being able to check the exemption on the jury duty box. Like I don't have to go. Do you know there are things God exempts you from? Recycling, he told me I don't have to do that. <laughs> yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's so good. In him there is no striving and there is only peace. I really encourage you just give him permission to use his voice in your ear where he can say anything about anything that he could have it all. See, we're afraid sometimes if we let Jesus speak, he's gonna take everything I like away. But that's just a lie. The devil does not want you to have the fullness of Christ. Dive in and dive in deep because the water's fine. Whose voice are you gonna choose to listen to? Let's pray. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Oh, Father God, we just want you. We just want to hear you. I pray you'd help us identify the static and the noise to identify the lies, silence the lies of the accuser. Identify your will, renew our minds, reverse the negative thought patterns we have created and basing our identity upon lies. Help us to break off the influence of culture and embrace and chase your holiness. Father, we just want you and your voice. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.